So welcome back to episode number 42. How's everyone doing? Feeling good. Feeling good. I feel like I haven't seen you guys for a while. Feeling good and looking good. You've got this new... Studio setup. Studio setup. I've got this lighting, got camera, got a uh, cameraman helping as well, but I'll talk about that in another episode. (laughs) Sounds like you got no, no, shot. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, after I said that, I was thinking in my head, right? That doesn't. I was thinking sound. Ray J cuts, but never mind. I knew I knew you were those lies when you were talking about that. People. I knew it. <laughs> so your hair. You know the thing is, Olu is connected to that. Remember, remember your um your rent to rent pictures. Yeah, what about it? Oh, I, now I, okay, now I now I get it. Now I get it. <laughs> I'm in my private studio room. Um, so you're here with Olu, Joel, Daniel, and Pabilo. Yeah. So on this week's episode, we are going to be talking about imposter syndrome. So this topic will be taken by Daniel. So stay tuned and let's get started. You're not gonna want to miss this one. Yes. So how's everyone's week? Daniel, you look like you were active this week. Ah, <laughs> just usual week, you know, with the stars. You sure? Yeah. Are you sure? Not, not every, every week not, you're on not, Jamie Foxx's um, Instagram page. Not every week I post my life on Instagram. Sometimes just keep it private. Why, are you, one, sending, why are you sending for P? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sending for anyone. He's definitely sending for P. Definitely... <laughs> I'm not sending for anyone. What are you talking I think about? The P, P's, gonna, P's gonna be taking a lot of shots this episode. The little subtle jabs. I feel <laughs> nah, like. nah, nah, nah. Cool, 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 cool. Get that bulletproof. I'm bulletproof, I'm bulletproof though. I'm bulletproof, though. Just nah, so Daniel, are you able to share a little bit of what happened this week? Yeah, Daniel, yeah. you should. Come on, let's yes. hear it. So I was invited to to two mm. things actually. Um, I was firstly invited to a private screening of the film Just Mercy, which is out today, Friday, in cinemas in the UK. And I was also invited to the House of Lords uh, on Tuesday for an intimate discussion with um, Brian Stevenson, uh, (laughs) Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Foxx, and to talk about the film and essentially what... Well, Brian Stevenson, who is the author of the book Just Mercy, a story, something, something, going out of my head right now. But also he's who's um, portrayed by Michael Michael B. Jordan in the film. And it follows the, um, so Brian Stevenson is a, a lawyer and at the time was a young lawyer for um, taking almost cases from death row. So it was based, the film um, covers the true story of Walter McMillan, who was on death row for, well, he was, yeah, he was sentenced to death row for a murder of a white woman in Alabama in 1986 for the murder of a white woman and was wrongfully imprisoned. And Brian Stevenson sees his story and takes his case. Um, and then that's what the film kind of focuses on. Mm-hmm. But at the time, Brian Stevenson was a very young, very young lawyer. And there was a lot of, lot at stake for him taking the case. It's going to be a lot of backlash and people in the community wouldn't really welcome him taking on this case mm. but long story short that's what he does full-time you know since then he's a lawyer and he looks he wants to abolish death row that's his long-term goal and he said if he doesn't achieve it before before his time on earth um, ends he hopes that he leaves 
something for others to to carry on and take up because he shared some stories yesterday actually that were quite disturbing uh, of course he didn't mention any um private details but he said that there's a there's a 10 year old right now who he's representing a case where the 10 year old is being sentenced to 60 years in an adult prison um at 30 10 year old 60 years in an adult prison a 13 year old is being sentenced to 60 years in prison with no with no parole is that did they legal? say what the did they say what yeah. the ten year old and the thirteen year old have been charged with? No, he didn't. He didn't mention it. But okay. of course, him. I'm assuming him taking the case is because they've wrongly been accused of something they didn't commit. Yeah, and that 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 shows a number of things with the justice system in the U.S. How things happen, how the number of uh, black uh, black people in prison and the number that it's risen and grown by you know in the last twenty years it's been astronomical. And for him, he wants to stand for what is right, for justice, for these wrongfully imprisoned individuals, because there are many cases in the UK, US, all over the world of people in prison for crimes that they did not commit. It could simply be a case of wrong place, wrong time, or people in the jury. I was even told of a story in the UK where the jury of two brothers are in prison. Um, They've actually served seven years, and I think they've been sentenced to 20. And there was a case in the jury, one of the jurors actually stitched all the jury up to vote for them um, to for them to agree for them to go to prison so there are a, there's a lot of injustice mm-hmm. but coming back to the conversation you know it was it was an it was a it was a nice conversation because beforehand they were speaking with mps and politicians and you've probably seen some stories in the press about that and their conversations with mps and politicians but also they spoke you know they gave us opportunity to ask questions and etc but it was really about, you know, for Brian Stevenson, who is the author, just, you know, what it was like. He's just turned 60. Um, he looks really young, looks very good for his age. But also Jamie Foxx. Black guy, right? He, yeah. Black don crack. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's funny because, like, you're, Jamie you're Fox... the, you're the, 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 the new phrase. The the did, you, did you guys hear the new phrase that Eddie Murphy said the other day, which was even better? What did he, he say? He said, money don't crack. Oh, <laughs> but sorry, Daniel. Sorry, we're, we're digressing. But Daniel, go ahead. <laughs> oh no, Michael, Michael Fox is um, uh, sorry, Michael Fox. Jamie Fox is like hilarious because, like, or him and Michael will be Jordan. They'll even talk. They'll talk about Hollywood and like the ceilings that Hollywood put on themselves. You know, he said this was the first film, like Michael B. Jordan said, this is like the first film he could be himself, like be black, like be real, yeah. because there was no cap on what it was because he was a producer of the film. Yeah, it was Brian Stevenson's story of what adapted from the book. Mm. They weren't looking, you know, Warner Brothers um, are part of it as well. They were, they were in attendance yesterday, but he was like, I was fully able to be black because Michael uh, Jamie Foxx was like, sometimes like you'd be on set and then they'd be like, nah, 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 nah. The numbers That's crazy because exactly. they've been in very, both of them have been in very like black movies, right? Yeah. If you take like Black Panther, right? That's a, a lot of the cast were black all and it was very black. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm surprised that he said that. But that was but that was Marvel, remember, wasn't it? Marvel DC, one of those yeah, yeah, comics. Yeah. So that's different. Because you're like you're even though it's a black cast, you're kind of superheroes, right? You got yeah. like mm. yourself in a certain, so, so, uh, so Jamie, Jamie Fox was like, Yeah, got to skew the numbers to the right. He's basically saying like Hollywood block certain things, but this mm-hmm. was like a film where they could be themselves and just be real. Like yeah. he said he was saying that he can't wait for for Michael to go to the cinemas. Like you see, like the press reaction and all these reactions. But Jamie Foxx is like, you know, when you go to the cinema, I set it back, went hood up, 
and you just see like their real like the audience's real response and reaction to the film he said it's priceless mm. um and he went on to a few other things and you know it was it was phenomenal because the group of us were there uh, we're part we're part of a, a group um led by uh i don't want to mention his name but um so Why not? Are, there, you, there... are you not allowed yeah, that's to the question or... how did you get invited is it like ex-offenders no, that... no, it wasn't, so, no, no. So it wasn't actually ex-offenders, but the the group that I'm a part of, like there are there are many of them who may have faced. Some of them have done jail time. Uh, a lot of them, all of them, have come out, changed their lives around. Mm-hmm. Or some people have been inside for a manner of things. There, people have been on different paths. So, what, so what have you done, Daniel? Me, I haven't done anything. Uh, That's just... why, if you read my Instagram oh. caption, I've often asked myself why I'm a part of this group. But anyway. Okay. Um, I thought I thought you were known in the streets, like you you're, you're no, 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 no. like there's a different Daniel. No, 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 the thing is, Daniel Francis was there as well, isn't it? Yeah, so Francis what did he was do? there as so. well. He's done jail time as well. No, I've not done well, and I'm not going to disclose what anyone's done in the group. Like whether I know them or not, I'm not. I, you know, if they want to disclose it, they can disclose yeah, it. But um, but like these are all people who are very successful. All these guys in the group very mm. successful in their own right. Um, you know, some yeah, some are very successful. And you you'll be surprised because the way they steered their lives back from where they were to where they are now, you'd be very very shocked. Mm-hmm. But so it was even a case of <clears throat> asking questions, and you know Michael B. Jordan was talking about some parts of his childhood, and also like imposter syndrome, which we will probably talk about later. But there was a guy who was in the room, who kind of at the end when we had finished our discussion, they had left all like. Uh, Warner Brothers, Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Foxx, they all left and it was just us. And we're having our own conversation about a few topics that um, and things we're going to be doing in the next couple of months. There was one guy who was just sitting there and then he, after we finished, he's like, um, I'm not I, I actually, I'm actually here by chance. I'm not sure. I shouldn't be here. And then someone said, yeah, clearly not because we're all young. And then he's like in his fifties with a gray beard, etc. He said, I don't usually do this, but I feel compelled to speak. Um, I don't want to mention his name, uh, but he was like, some of you may know, uh, recognize some of the work I've done. He was actually in Black Panther. He's been mm. in a number of, he was in Killing Eve and a number of different, um, as a British actor in uh, Black Panther and other things. And he said that he felt compelled to speak because in 2008, he was uh, sentenced, incarcerated uh, for eight weeks for, for for something. And, you know, even the tabloids and how they portrayed him was like, actor caged and like a picture of him that was probably him being looking quite angry and mm. the way they just like plastered that over the front pages etc but he spoke about how he appealed he was in prison he appealed um his case but when he was time for his hearing his lawyer wasn't present um so he actually represented himself and they said that they would actually reduce his sentence to i think half so he served coming back what half of eight weeks three days or eight weeks he served like five weeks and three days he said but he said because like the jury heard him and he said because he spoke spoke so eloquently that they decided to you know reduce his sentence but he said he didn't even know like the law that he could actually represent himself or speak up in his first um hearing magistrate's court but it was very interesting to you know hear what jamie and michael had to say along with brian stevenson because these are real life things that are happening in the US and we know that there are many cases mm. in the UK because when you think about even when they see us, that film, when we look at mm. things that happen in the UK that in the U- in the US, it's very much there. You can see it. In the UK, it's a lot, it's a lot more subtle, but it's there. But, it, you know, when people try and, 
you talk about race, they pretend like it's not it's not present, like it doesn't exist. But really, it's a very, very subtle. Like when Stormzy said the UK's racist, racist. And yeah. He got, he got, he got, yeah, twisted his words. So things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a documentary on Netflix. I'm yet to watch, but um, it's in the same. It's in this discussion. It's called the Thirteenth. I don't know. I've watched that. It's about the prison system. Yeah, really good. About the prison system. How it's like how it's a business. Yeah. Yes, it's crazy. And because even with like prison, I know it's not a topic, but the amount of suicides that take place mm. during prison and after prison because people don't know how to cope. Mm. This guy that spent eight weeks, he said that after his eight weeks, although it was very short, he had 15 minutes, a counselor se- counseling session for 15 minutes. And some of these people that have spent years and years in prison, it's only in their like last month before release date, they come and say, what can we do for you? So you're telling me mm. I spent 20 years detached rather than trying to rehabilitate during mm. the time that you're spending. You come at my last hour to say, what can what can we do for you? And that's the reason why so many people reoffend, right? Yeah. One, they don't get the support, the training, the education whilst in prison to reconform or reconfigure their mindset to the, the civilization outside of prison. So automatically a lot of people, all they know is life in prison. So yeah. they start to miss it in fact or and then so, when they come out there's not op- no opportunities for them in terms of jobs so yeah, they find themselves back there because I, I don't know i don't want to share too much about mm-hmm. you know what we're doing in this group because some of it might be a bit sensitive but i can you know it there there was there's a lot going on in the in the prisons and in the system that isn't isn't favoring black people let's put it that way mm-hmm. or it's not favoring a lot of people a lot of different ethnicities but it's just Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's crazy, but this film I would recommend. You know, people do watch on Friday. Um, it, it, it will be good. So, in regards to, I guess, this week and the topic we wanted to talk about, Daniel, right? So, yeah. from the conversation, I think you mentioned in the group chat, right, that you wanted to dig into sort of imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, at what angle? What does it actually even mean? Like, okay. So imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern in which one doubts one's accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. So for any of those who watch suits, think of Mike, Mike Cross. Um, so despite external evidence of their competence, those experiencing this phenomenon remain convinced that they are frauds and do not deserve all that they have achieved. Individuals with imposterism incorrectly attribute their success to luck or as a result of deceiving others into thinking they are more intelligent than they perceive themselves to be. So that's so just what just one caveat, Daniel, yeah. is I guess the, the Mike Ross example is probably not the best example because he was actually yeah. like he was actually in front of us. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about so people themselves think they're a Mike Ross. Okay. Yeah, Whereas but even when they have the even different. when they have the degrees in the even court, when they went to Harvard Law. But he didn't do he didn't do any of that though. So he was a complete fraud. So you as a person with imposter syndrome, you think you're the you know you're you're where you, you think are you're doing what you're Mike Ross is doing yeah but you're actually not Mike Ross you've actually yeah. done you're actually done, done, done what you yeah. yeah but the other thing you mentioned Daniel on the group chat was um or those who feel guilty for sharing their success with their peers yeah so that's part uh, two. Big, that that that's probably part two but because you because you don't feel <laughs> you are deserving of what you've achieved you wouldn't necessarily celebrate yourself. Sorry, you wouldn't celebrate yourself 
about what you've achieved, not in a boastful way, but in a humble yeah, manner. Yeah, but yeah. you wouldn't, like, for example, you wouldn't put yourself forward for an award, mm. say if it's in a kind of corporate space or in, depending on what industry, like, best newcomer, best performer, something like that. You wouldn't because you don't feel that you're deserving of such an accolade. So why do we go around? As, uh, I, I can say for myself, have you guys experienced that? Yeah, have you I felt have, that? I have. I, I have. And I have at work. That. At work, for sure. Yeah. For sure. What about you, P? But you, yeah, I'm still thinking it through. At the moment... Let me give um, my... So let me explain yeah, give you an example, so, um, When I started my graduate scheme, yeah, I think... Yeah. When you get into your graduate scheme, yeah, and you realise, one, you're the only out of, I'll say, 20 people that got accepted well, for the graduate black. scheme, you're the only black person there, right? And your background is completely different to everyone else. So certain times you're in meetings and you're like, like, should I, be, should I really be here? I didn't go to private school. I like, I went to Bruno University. Like, you're you have an element of, okay, am I going to be found out as a fraud? And I think you overcompensate that by having to work okay. twice as hard. Oh, so, like, in terms of you feel like, okay, you know the same people that can come into the office, do their work, chill, and leave, yeah? But you're finding yourself working twice, three times as hard just because you're like, oh, should I even really be here? Is this, do I belong here? More okay, because... Oh, just, just stop yeah. for a second. Is it Daniel, is that what we're talking about? So that, is that a good example? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... But, but on the on the caveat that you are actually as good as what you say you are, so all you like, you're like, yeah, he's good. It's not, it's not, it's not like, it's not like, it's not, it's not like coming to like me saying, you know, I'm going to kick ball. I'm, 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 the, I'm better than Ronaldo, but I really can't. I'm not that good. <laughs> it's really when you are gifted, you are talented, you can do what you're asked to do, but you don't believe you actually have that ability. So think of it. If we translate to the football, Ronaldo. Imagine Ronaldo. He now thinks. He's as good as Ronaldo as he is. He probably thinks, he, say he thinks he's he's only as good as Walcott. That's just not what he is. He's thinking of himself a lot less and he's not deserving of all the hard work. I'm sure you might have seen what, how he eats. He has like six meals a day. He takes regular naps, Ronaldo. And he's, he's, like, he's very disciplined. But imagine him thinking that he doesn't deserve what he's achieved that that's really not him. That he's yeah, I, think, I think it's, yeah, I got my, yeah, I think I'm similar to Olu. Olu, continue, please. No, I think that's even I could even give you one. This is actually quite maybe kind of embarrassing or awkward, right? But I remember making a conscious decision when starting, yeah, to wear glasses versus a contact lenses because I'm like, it's gonna make me look like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so, versus, <laughs> so basically I'm, like, I'm that Mimi said, no, like, that Mimi said with that roll neck. Yeah, this, 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 is this is this a work? This is at work, right, Olu? At work. This is at work. So me okay. thinking like, okay, if I, because especially being so young, being a consultant, stepping in a room with people that are twice your age, right? Sometimes you're like, wait, should I be telling this person what to do, even though I know my stuff? So you feel like you have to overcompensate. I'm just me being vulnerable. <laughs> overcompensate in terms of having to dress a certain way, have my glasses, etc., so that. I feel like I do truly belong there, but that's me. What about you guys or no one else? I've never seen Olu without his glasses. Does that mean you're still feeling that now or what? What's, what's going on? That's why he wears it for the podcast because he thinks he's uh, making sense. 
I think, I think you know I saw this funny meme yeah. I saw this funny meme yesterday. Wait, I think I put it in the group chat. The roll neck. Yeah, the, 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 the roll neck. Yeah. Yeah. Like, where's the turtleneck? Me without my glasses. Who's gonna listen to my advice? <laughs> no, I think. Um, yeah, Pete, you I got a lot to say. No, I haven't got a lot to say. It's just I find it quite actually. It's quite challenging to think through and give a really good example. Um, without because when Daniel, when you started talking, it made it seem as if we all have to basically confess that we're frauds, but we're trying not to be anyways. Look, but I think, but Pete, do you have an example? No, I think to Olive's point, what I was thinking about was, was I've I've also, but I've also turned more into a positive, but for a very long time, I always was in an environment where everybody around me had sort of they had achieved A's. They'd have gone to the best schools, especially when we start working. And when I always look back at my grades, so year six, two fours and a three, or year four, something along that lines, in, in school, a couple of B's and C's, um, university, two one, like it never seemed to be anywhere near as good as people that I was working with. Mm. And then, and then for a very long time, I was thinking to myself, let me, let me not, let me make sure I don't get found out with my English and, and grammar and stuff like that. Let me just sort of, and let me. But then over after a while, I started to see the strength and an asset in terms of I have other things that they don't have. Mm. But that's probably not until only recently, maybe the last year and a half, maybe three. But for a very long time, I used to think oh, I don't like I'm actually surprised to be here. I feel like mm. extremely lucky to be here. So I'm yeah. going to work my ass off to stay here. But if they were to really find out about what my grades were saying back then, I shouldn't be here. Mm. Like I don't have the credentials to really be here. Mm. They should go get someone else. So, um, yeah, that's always been in the back of my mind. But it's probably one, one of the reasons why I try and put work in in other areas to compensate. Mm. And I think and also, oh, the, oh, the last one, sorry, the last one, the biggest one also is, this is huge, is um, I made a constant decision also to give it a go and then stop, which was which was a professional qualification in SEMA. So started, failed the first exam, and then said to myself, you know what, I'm going to just turn my attention on to doing something else. But the number of times that I was, I've been pulled up and said, you know, how are you? Are you doing your qualifications? Are you doing something? And are you doing SEMA? Are you doing ACCA? And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of do. I'm do so. I'm having to kind of say yes, just the same. Sound like I'm interested. I'm in the game. And you're around a bunch of qualified accountants. You're not one. And you think, oh, would I should should I still be in this team? My, the like manager. The, you sound like the guy from Suits. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I say, it's, it's uh, well, everyone, everyone's kind of got some sort of CPA. No, I don't. Mm. Anyway, so so yeah, so it's more more on a on a yeah. That's probably the example right now. I'm trying to think of a couple more. Sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I was thinking it was a very similar. You know, when you're in those, um, especially when it's work or something, or uh, you're in a meeting room and you're just full of, a, like you're in a room of very experienced people. And everyone else seems to know what is going on. You're just sat there thinking, I don't know, no, bro. Yeah, what? Like, how do you know that? I think, especially earlier in the, earlier in our respective careers, and even actually the the stuff that we're trying to do outside of work, be it in property or whatever, any space. When you're in a room full of people that are really doing it, and you're looking around and you think to yourself. Like, should I really be in this room right now having these conversations? Mm. But I think I was having this conversation 
recently once uh, with a friend. And I think those are the environments where the more you feel like that, you actually probably in the right place because you're 100%. around people that are really dragging you up and just being exposed to them. You realize, wow, there's still so much more room to grow. Also on the flip side, even today, uh, this evening when I was on the flight back from a, a business trip in my uh, day job, I was sat next to my uh, manager, who's the head of the Nordic business I'm working in now. And she had actually had a conversation about imposter syndrome with her head, who is the head oh. of the kind of Northern Europe business. And they were both discussing a few months ago about imposter syndrome, how even at whatever stage you are in your career, if you're given a relative level of responsibility and success, which is maybe a few years ahead of where traditionally you would be, even at that stage, they felt the imposter syndrome and they were really having that conversation about it. So I think it's something that follows people through throughout their career. But I actually see it now as a positive because you're probably ahead of the curve than you feel comfortable with. Um, but that's that will push you even further along the way. So I don't I don't think it ever yeah. really stops. To, to your former I point, also, your former point, sure. If you're the smartest in the room, you're in the wrong room. Oh, one hundred percent. I was going to drop this. Um, <laughs> Ollie, I was going to, but I didn't want to interrupt you. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll I, think, I think I might have mentioned it to one of you guys before. I've also asked myself the question. It's more. I don't know if race also relates to it. No, no, hundred percent. Because I was just going to drop that. The most um, occur, imposter syndrome occurs most in a number of different things. So either a new environment, academic settings, in the workplace, social interaction or relationships, whether that's platonic or um, romantic. Mm -hmm. But also, P, there are connections with imposter syndrome to race, to family expectations, to attribution style, to anxiety, to depression also, to low self-esteem and to perfectionism. So there are mm -hmm. connections with imposter and, syndrome to one of these things. And also actually being an imposter. I mean, sometimes you've got to put your hands up and just say, yeah, I, I shouldn't be here. You've got to keep it real sometimes and say, <laughs> hopefully they don't find out. <laughs> so, well, yeah, Pete, sorry, to your point about yeah, um, no, race. But with, with the race, I mean, there's, I, I've probably lost count the number of times I've asked myself whether it's whether it's on a plane somewhere in Europe or a lot of times at work. But, 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 then, but that's not necessarily imposter syndrome. Isn't that just prejudice? From your your the your the receiving end of someone being prejudiced towards you. No, I just think to myself when I'm the only black person in on this first plane or, or in this. No, not, not on the plane. You mean first class? That's <laughs> start. Yeah, we know you want to start. <laughs> I'm the only yeah. black person on this plane. Really? But I ask myself, like, am I am I in the right place or the wrong place? And when I say. Nah. Bro, you're supposed listen, to be in the economy. <laughs> <laughs> so when I say am I if I'm in the when I say am I am I in the wrong place because there's not enough of my people around, or am I in the right place because there are not enough of my people around and I'm the one leading the way? So that's kind of that's kind of like um I don't know if that but also ties in. Isn't that more like the solution? We feel less like imposters when we start to see people with our background or like us in certain places the more people that you see in a specific place maybe we won't feel more like imposters if let's say for example we had our backgrounds right school grades etc but then you knew four or five other people in your organization who have the exact same background as you you'll be like oh maybe it's not yeah, true. i don't feel like an imposter maybe but, it's but, just but, 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 yeah. but i was gonna touch on you know i've i've mostly felt this at work um imposter syndrome because 
I often ask myself, am I here because of my talent and skills? Or am I here because diversity? Oh, that's no, <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> I'm being, I'm being real. Like me, 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 and a colleague, we often, yo, me, 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 me and a colleague often go back and forth with each other. Like, yo, yo, they want yo, us here, yo, are we, yo, are we yo, here because yo, they up, want? Tick box. <laughs> I'm out, I'm out, I'm What's out. the time out for? Time I don't, I don't, but do you, but do you, do you think that? Think about it. Think about it. Go on, go on. Do you think that's, think that's a bad thing though? Because I think. <laughs> no, 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 no. To the, to the extent we are, okay. I'm not saying I'm not saying anyone should be in a job just for a tick box. I think you have to have a certain level of competence. But there's, there's, there's been so many years of inherent institutionalism. That's going against minorities. So if they were now in a period, and it's not just minorities, it's also female, right. male, gender balance. All of this, is it not the period where we should make the most of the opportunities that are given to but, us? But, no, but are they being I authentic mean, or are they, being, are they being real? The Wait, is, we're good. Well, we, sure, we've had this discussion with a close friend, Sandeep, and he's often said time and time again, I, I need to be promoted based on my brains, not the fact that I'm I'm Indian. And yeah. he's and he's I think he's he's basically Zaki to Daniel's point. Um, I've said, you know what? If that's what they're doing, I'll tick the box. I'm out. Yeah, but the thing is, no, but the thing, but the thing, but the thing with that is, when you're promoted, not based on your talent, but because of your color, does that mean you are actually able to do the job? Because then you yeah. might be perceived and become a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple of things. A couple of, I know. It's, okay, P, imagine you. No, 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 I got a real life example for you. Uh, go on, go on, so go okay, on. cool. So what? So what division do you work? What division am I? Yeah, I'm on oncology division, finance. Okay, so imagine three, your manager's superior three times. They come up to you. We've got this role for you. It's perfect fit, and you know you're way at your depth, but you take oh. it. <laughs> you say you're taking it. <laughs> How long are you gonna last in that role? Yeah, but why do Until I want it? You find out you're a fraud, huh? But why do I want it? A week. Well, first of all, first of all, I always why say, you winning? No, first money of all, talks. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, obviously. Run that paper in it. But what I'm saying to you is that um first of all, I think we'll find I think I'll find a way. But um let's 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 bring it more down to the level we're on now. The question is, um have people hired me based on my race to tick the box? And what what do I feel about that? Think about that carefully. Mm. I don't because, think so. No, 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 I'm not I'm not, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to. Well, somebody, well, somebody's got a great to don't represent, isn't it? If there's four of us on this podcast, yeah, one of us <laughs> was hired to tick a box. One out of four of us was definitely hired to tick a box. <laughs> but actually, no, 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 wait, wait, actually, just to, just to um, clarify that comment that I made, actually, both me and Pabilo joined our organization through. through an internship program, which was specifically engineered to help give more opportunities to underrepresented minorities. Oh, no, no. With, with talent, though. With of talent. course, of course, of yes, course. So you yeah. have to add that because the talent, part might think... was, the talent part was second. It was... It was... <laughs> Clearly, if they had you... Technically, technically, that's why you guys got high then. Exactly. But Daniel, going to your point, how you're saying, what if you, you're just kind of pushed into a role and you're not ready? I think even if whether there's this kind of female male gender balance or the minority underrepresented etc mm. let's get that up in the end everything av averages out i think 
and the people mm. who are really performing well, who get the tick box, they'll be in the position where they are based on their skills at the end anyway. But that person still could face imposter syndrome because they can ask themselves, am I here because sure. I'm taking an exercise sure. or my talent? Especially for someone who doesn't feel worthy that they're that good. It's yeah. a, it, it's going to increase the anxiety even, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. quite significantly. Do you I tell you, I tell you what will get rid of imposter syndrome for them buying themselves a Ferrari. That that that'll disappear quick. <laughs> <I'm not kidding. laughs> that probably easy. Do you guys find that um, by feeling like an imposter, you find yourself working twice as hard? So is it a good thing to promote someone that feels like they're an imposter because they're going to work so hard because they're trying to prove a point to you mm. to everyone else? So maybe it's good to. Get a bunch of people that feel like they're imposters in your organization, right? Because they're going to work twice as hard to feel like they belong there. So, good, good work. I, I just want um, to talk, just, uh, just, I think we're probably getting towards the end shortly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I wanted to say, you know, some things that you can do to deal with imposters, imposter syndrome is probably, you know, some positive affirmations, which we've spoke about in previous episodes. Like what Shua was saying, if you're in a meeting room and you're like, you're not getting it, realize that there are a lot of people bluffing their way through. There are a lot of people bluffing. Um, <laughs> realize your strengths. Um, see failing as a learning experience and continue to sharpen your saw um, and have a support system. You know, I've at work, I've faced it many times. I've been in, you know, even one of my first managers, like, not intentionally, but he'd be like, "Oh, this is the guru for this," and you're thinking, "Right, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm really not that good. Don't call me a guru." But because I'm not confident in my ability, he sees the qualities and the strengths. But because I'm not seeing them myself, so I'm thinking, "Don't call me a guru," because now I feel like people are going to come to me asking some complicated <laughs> questions, which I'm not going to answer to. Daniel, let me, Daniel, let me, Daniel, let me ask you a very deep question. Deep, yeah. are you ready? So, you're, so, so out of my entire circle I've ever sort of known, you're, the, you're the sort of most. Um, What's the word? Classes finish. Um, um, like A1 standard, top notch, right? And that's not necessarily so common amongst young black boys. So do you find that people look at you and almost say, are you putting on, is this what this act that you seem to be showing me today, which, which we know obviously is who you are um, because you've been raised exceptionally well. Do people look at you and say, oh, that's not really you. I, I expect to, to hear more slang, you know, to and how does that make you feel? Almost like the reverse, almost like somebody putting imposter syndrome on you. But that's the thing. When you say A1 class is finished, I don't see myself as that. So already I experiencing imposter syndrome for something you say I am, but something I don't see myself as. So I almost for sometimes is that come on, you know, listen, you must think you must know you're you're classy than no because I see a lot of other basically you basically what Daniel's trying to say, yeah. He surrounds himself with prestige, classy, black other individuals. So he's like, I love him. You're not used to it. So, yes. <laughs> not only your favorite that's, that's what I mean. I give you that one. I give you that one. Too. I don't know, but I don't. I try, I, I try and be my, my authentic self. You know, of course, I might do a few. I'm, I'm probably a bit more relaxed around friends, but at work, I will have the same kind of conversations with the right people. I'm still the same person as I'm talking to you now. It's how I will talk to anyone at work. You know, it's not like, okay, I might be toned up and toned down in certain situations, but this is who I am. So I don't see myself as me not being me, so to speak. If that answers your question and satisfies 
Uh, no, not, not really. Not, I hear what you're saying. Not really, though. It's more like, okay, do have people made you feel uncomfortable about how well put together you are, even if you don't necessarily feel like yourself, but they, people sort of putting that on you. You must get some sort of feedback in that direction. Well, put it this way, like, not really. I get sometimes told, oh, you're very well spoken, but then I expect, I think, then what were you expecting me to speak like? <laughs> mm, so no, are, that's, you, what you, that's what I'm saying, though. So yeah. are you expecting me to sound all hood? And especially, what funny thing is, at Toastmasters, uh, which many of you know that I do, um, public speaking, so I sometimes go to different clubs to give speeches, or I've been in competitions in the area and division, and I've won a few competitions. Yeah, But they must sometimes think, oh, this black boy, like, how is he going to come across or what's he going to say? And I do sometimes see that they're surprised with what I say or how I say things. Mm. But to me, I don't see it as a negative. I'm trying to almost change the narrative and the story for those yeah, coming yeah. behind me to be an example to think, no matter what you think a black person is, you can be completely wrong. Yeah. So don't ever write someone off or write, judge a book by their cover. And it's it's good the way that we're all different, right? Every black person is different, and you don't want to get into a situation where people are like, oh, you act like this black person versus it's like there's so many different characteristics of a black person. You can sound like me, you can sound like Pabilo, you can sound like Daniel. It all changes, right? Sound like Darnell, um, Tyrone. <laughs> <laughs> so all... uh, even the even to a certain extent, it happens to. To brown people as well, because I remember when I was in Japan, and I'd be in like a a, a social gathering of people that I don't know very well. They see a brown guy, and they automatically assume that I'm probably working in IT, IT. and <laughs> I've just come <laughs> from just come from like no disrespect, but some remote part of India. So then when they start talking to me, and I can actually I, I have like a British accent, and I'm holding a conversation, mm. having a joke. You can see it's probably similar to what Daniel was saying as well. You can see like these people are like what. What a, a brown person who speaks normal English and can hold a conversation and these stereotypes is it's exactly how Daniel's saying is you should really try to see it as like we are breaking the stereotypes of the other people who just haven't been exposed to it. It could just be that they just they don't they don't know what they don't know. So true, true. And Happens I, I, uh, I, I want to end on some. I want to end on something that um Michael B. Jordan said. He was talking about imposter. He mentioned imposter syndrome and he spoke about. How like when he was younger, you know, my friends doing this, my friends doing that. Like, you know, why why am I in the position I am, etc. And then something he said, like he spoke um, for, he said a few sentences. But to summarize, how he ended it is, own your greatness. He said, own your greatness, hmm. and don't you know, be, don't be apologetic. About Trust it. me, that one I love. Don't be apologetic. That's the that's the episode title. Own your greatness, imposter imposter syndrome. Boom. Douche. Cool. Nope. So, yeah. So I, and just to say, there are some notable people that you probably well, you'll know that have imposter or suffered or experienced or highlighted that they've um you know imposter syndrome. One notice um, notably is Michelle Obama. She even did a whole conversation, I think, in South Bank Centre uh, in 2009, 2018, I think, on imposter syndrome. When she released the book? or was That was it? before becoming. Uh, Maya Angelou, um, Neil Armstrong, Tom Hanks, Emma Watson, Robbie Williams, um, and Michelle Pfeiffer. There's, there's quite a few people that have, um, have experienced it all. You also forgot, you've, you got, forgot Pabilo, Olu. We, we're also notable. 
<laughs> cool. So yeah, I appreciate uh, cool. it, man. Um, that second part, part two, is that on the next episode? Oh, oh yeah, you, you want to? Yeah. What was, what was part two? Remind us. Um, whether you feel was it guilty to share success with your peers? Comes to the bit we'll do where that's another topic. Do you want to? That's do what even Michael, Michael B. Jordan said about own your greatness. Be unapologetic about what yeah. you've achieved. Why yeah, don't we do that? The next topic. The next topic. We'll go into detail about owning your greatness. And Pabilo, if you're afraid to stunt on us, pull me up. All right, perfect. So that's the end of episode number 42. Appreciate it. On to and you, if, Daniel. And if you have experienced or you think you, uh, you know, suffer from imposter syndrome, we'd like to know how you've coped with it. If you're not coping with it, if you need help, etc. I'm not saying that we're experts or we're by any means, you know, experts in this area. We cannot point you to the right um, place to get advice. But also, you know, don't be afraid to be accepting of your skills and talents and you know showcasing them you know mm. own your greatness if you have any feedback for us as always you can email us at takeflightpodcast.gmail.com or dm us on instagram at takeflightpodcast peace thank you guys